Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're joined by Molly Neffel today. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for being here, Molly. Thank you for having me. We're going to discuss this very exciting, uh, this band bossy thing. It's all over Twitter. Mm -hmm. People are getting riled up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love the, the Twitter rage. You know, fingers are sweating. People are typing 140 characters as quick as they possibly can. Hashtag band bossy. What do you think about this band bossy campaign, which is, of course, ironically put on or heavily sponsored by the Lifetime Television Channel, which nothing says uh, women empowerment like a series of movies about women getting destroyed by men physically. <laughs> nothing says women empowerment like my stepson, my lover. That's that's a very good one. Was that on Pornhub or Lifetime? <laughs> or a colder kind of death. Ooh, that's the coldest kind. And of course, starring Tori Spelling, co-ed call girl. I've seen that one. <laughs> How was that one? I don't remember. It was probably terrible. This was my earliest uh, hate-watching behavior when I was in high school. Yeah. I would like do my APUS history homework on Sunday afternoons and watch Lifetime because I was like, what? Who is it that's running this network that they right. think that this is what women want? Yeah. And I, I think the answer is is not women. I think it's men. I don't know. I think a woman would love a boyfriend for Christmas. <laughs> oh, a boyfriend for... I, I'd watch that one. Everyone likes to get a gift for Christmas. So I'm sort of on the side of... Uh, I sort of enjoy that more... Uh, I'm more of a B-bossy uh, hashtag kind of fella. Um, but what do you think about this, uh, this message? I mean, obviously the message is good. It's like, you know, don't... Uh, Basically, they're just saying that it's a that it's a diss. It's you're criticizing a, a a young gal for speaking her mind, and you call her bossy, and then theoretically she shuts up, and that's why she's not president. Right. The whole <laughs> that's the only reason. Yeah. The whole idea is yeah, like there is gendered language that is used against kids, uh, used against girls more than boys. I mean, there's certainly gendered language that goes both ways, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but but bossy. I guess the argument is that bossy is this thing that's used against girls who are. Uh, who are loud and proud and show leadership skills and all that. Right. I don't know. I mean, I work with kids uh, twice a week and I uh, write about kids and I don't remember bossy being like the worst word ever. I don't. Right. I just don't think that it's the biggest problem. This is kind of like solving a problem that I didn't really notice was a thing. Um, So this isn't even like putting a Band-Aid over the issue. This is just sort of like... It's like, oh, all right, sure, I guess. Like, I got no big problem with telling 
people not to tell girls to be bossy, but also, like, I don't quite know who the campaign is aimed at. Like, is it aimed at children? Is it aimed at parents? Is it aimed Mm -hmm. at educators? Like, who are we telling not to call girls bossy? Because when I was a little kid, the people who were calling girls bossy were the kids who were getting bossed around by bossy girls. Sure. And, I mean, you could equate that to... Being a bully as well, right? Right, right. Aggression is is shitty. And aggression is, like, certainly coded differently for girls and for boys. I mean, if a guy, if a little boy is aggressive, you might, I mean. Well, you, you award him. (laughs) <laughs> and you give him a medal, and uh, you you have him play basketball, and hope he can dunk in the eighth grade, and then you guys are set for life. Yeah, it's like guys that like you say like are the, like a guy's more pushy yeah. than he is bossy. It's like yeah, he likes to push kids around, right? Or but he's... with the girl, it's like he, he she likes to boss kids around, right? Well, Right, so it's just going against gender norms, right? So if like, if you're like a kid, you're a boy, and you really enjoy, uh, let's say that you're a, a Brody. Let's say you love the little pony. Brony. A Brony, yeah, not a Brody. A Brody's a whole other thing. <laughs> a Brony. You're, a, you're a, a bro who likes my little pony. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to get called a pussy and things like that because mm-hmm. you're not living up to the idea of masculinity. And... um uh, so if, if you're if you're a gal and you're uh, pretty strong, then uh, then you're then you're just a, a bossy uh, lady. Yeah, people call you, you know, and I think people call girls who have opinions all sorts of terrible things. Right. I, I, I and guess, I would not say that bossy is even in the top five of the worst things that I've thing. heard I'm people like, call women. I'm like, right, where is this? There's so many words that I would uh, appreciate not being directed at girls anymore. And right. bossy was not on the top five. Uh, and of course, I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but the like choice of saying ban bossy. Of course, like Sheryl Sandberg, the person in charge of this campaign, isn't going to come and arrest you if you say bossy. Right. But I've seen so many pricks, you guys, on the internet be like, oh, censorship. Mm-hmm. So don't censor me. Well, I think- it's like, she's not, gonna, she's not the police. She can't arrest you. But right. yes, banning is a stupid choice of words. Don't use that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, because uh, if you guys go to Union Square this Saturday, 7 p.m., I'm going to be in Union Square. I'm going to be burning all of Tina Fey's book, <laughs> Miss Bossy Pants or Bossy Pants. And uh, we're going to do a real rally. Yeah. I think like if you're talking about language, then yeah, ban is a very bad. I mean, once you tell someone, especially once you tell an American that they can't do something or they can't say something, they're going to immediately get pissed off and mm-hmm. do the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. It's it's tactically, it's just a terrible choice to choose the word ban because, mm-hmm. again, again I, I mean, what she's... I don't even want to defend this because I really am not a big fan of the person behind this campaign. But, like, uh, you know, she's not actually trying to, like, make it illegal. But all these people are like, don't ban words. You know, free speech and so on. And uh, so I think that it's a poor – that part is a poor word choice. The bossy thing, again, is like – she's like, I was called bossy when I was a kid. And then Condoleezza Rice is in the video. And Condoleezza Rice is a war criminal. So, (laughs) you know, let's ban war criminals first, I think. Well, she was a little bossy during that invasion of Iraq. I think that's what all the Iraqis were saying. We're like, that Condoleezza, you're being bossy, Condi. Leave me alone, Condoleezza. Stop bossily invading my country, (laughs) So rude of you. So rude. Yeah. So why don't, I mean, this woman, she's the, the chief operating officer of Facebook. Why don't you like her? So my thing with, with her is that, uh, you know, so she's this, like, corporate COO of Facebook. She is 
you know, quite wealthy. She's a mom. She works. Mm-hmm. And she wrote this book called Lean In that the, the, the thrust of it is basically like, I work really hard and you can too. Yeah. And, uh, and the reason I don't like her is because she, she, uh, claims to want to start a movement. She claims to be a kind of feminist leader. Right. And, um, really the type of feminism that she's propping up and because she has such a huge platform, I think a lot of people think it's like the feminism mm-hmm. is, uh, like, kind of corporate, white, like, bougie womanhood. Uh, And I just think that that, like, you know, who gives a fuck that great job you can work and, like, have a kid and that's awesome and I'm very, like, glad for you, but that doesn't... mean anything if you're somebody who's like being arrested when you go outside right. if you can't find a job if you don't have childcare, if your child's school is being closed like all this shit that affects women uh right. affects you know children affects people that like being a really wealthy woman who is like doing really well mm-hmm. is not should not be the singular face of feminism she can write her book great but then people see her and they're like this this feminism is bullshit, and yeah. and then they feel like that's what feminism is, this even covers, though that's just one woman part, like one woman saying one thing that is actually really really exclusive and limited. You do get the feeling this conversation, this band bossy campaign, was created uh, in between them ordering new glasses of the most expensive wine <laughs> from the butler that was at their house. Right, well, and the other—it's funny because she's the CEO of Facebook. It, it should have started with like. Ban bikini selfies. Hashtag ban bikini. <laughs> if you really want to empower women, you are uh, the CEO of uh, one of the uh, one of the saucier websites on earth. And uh, a lot of gals are um, are uh, showing uh, quite a bit of themselves. And they're about sixteen when they do it on Facebook. Yeah, and Facebook is used like you know kids bully each other on Facebook, and not that that's necessarily like her issue or whatever. Right. But to that point of like them having frivolous projects, her other project right now is to like create more diverse stock photos which is like what do you mean like you know how in stock photos like it's always like a white woman holding like a laptop and a baby like how do i do both well i googled the perfect woman and hit (laughs) images you know or like it's like a woman with high heels stepping on a man you know like there's Mm. these terrible terrible stock photos of of women and they're horrible and everyone knows they're horrible everyone knows stock photos are horrible so her thing is like we're gonna redo stock photos which i just think is again a very limited uh thing fine yes it's important to have uh images of all sorts of different types of people um but again like if you have so much money, like she does, mm-hmm. and your first project is like, I want the photos and PowerPoints to be more inclusive, you know, <laughs> right. instead of like, I'm going to fund education or, you know, again, jobs programs mm-hmm. or like address uh, violence against, you know, sex workers or trans women or all the like, there's just so much shit. And Stock photos are too white. As like- it's an easy place to start. That's for certain. Um, <laughs> right. The do you easiest. think that there's because a lot of the comments, um, you know, uh, we're all about like how well if you're not strong enough to this, this almost has an inverse negative effect uh, where it's like a lot of people are like, well, if women aren't strong enough to be called bossy, then they're certainly not strong enough to have a leadership position. Uh. So point proven, <laughs> they're they're too weak to have uh, roles in leadership. I mean, obviously, this woman, you don't become, uh, you know, that huge at Facebook and this wealthy and this successful without being strong, stern and like aggressive and uh, and a boss. Right. Right. So I feel like the whole band bossy uh 
argument is almost negative because now it's still, again, making girls the victims of big bad bullies calling them bossy mm-hmm. as opposed to encouraging. This is why I like the hashtag be bossy. Uh, if I have a daughter and I get a report, be like, you know, well, let's say let's say I call her Megan and they'll be like, Megan You've mentioned uh, you're going to main, name your daughter Megan before. Sure. Yes. I don't even know why. <laughs> um, it's probably going to be Petunia or something like that. <laughs> and then be like, Petunia is very bossy in class. And be like, yeah, that's how I taught her to be. Yeah. You know, go Petunia, go Petunia. Yeah. Which is also kind of I have to name her Petunia now. Petunia is a wonderful name petunia kissel oh that yeah. oh that flows petunia you be yourself girl you be bossy yeah, yeah. be yeah. bossy petunia right. yeah your name is petunia it's sort of like the uh the um the country song there johnny cash's on boy, oh, named, boy sue. named sue yeah you're gonna have to have a thick skin if your name is petunia <laughs> that's for certain well and and in terms of like girls being called names i mean i do think that it's important to recognize like how gendered language is used like especially to target girls because mm. like guys can guys I mean guys are called names too especially famous guys anybody in the spotlight's called names oh yeah but guys are called assholes or pricks or dicks or whatever douchebags douchebags uh cocks <laughs> all sorts of variants on penis words yeah. goober and those What's that? goober goober that's Goobers. the worst one <laughs> you don't want to be called a goober <laughs> no 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 the, not in texas goober is actually the worst thing you can be called it's really? essentially yeah. being called a useless man yeah just a oh. drooling slob yeah. yeah someone who works at the gas station but they don't they don't let you pump the gas because they don't <laughs> you can't be trusted <laughs> so like words hurt everybody obviously and words can be directed each way to hurt everybody but there's i mean there is something about certain types of gendered language that, you know, if you're a woman and you're trying to, like, you know, you're in the middle of a speech, for example, Mm -hmm. or you say something, you're in the middle of a comedy act, or you're tweeting, or you write something, whatever it is, and somebody's just like, well, you're a cunt, it kind of takes the wind out from beneath your sails in a way that's different than just somebody calling a guy an asshole uh, because of like because there's all this weight behind the word cunt you know yeah Uh, or bitch like and and so I do think that there is that it's worth like saying you know words that specifically hurt girls like they that we shouldn't use those words or that we should be aware of how those words hurt girls again bossy just never seemed like the biggest thing on that list and 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 right I mean a big part of like uh, taking away the power of words is to reclaim them. So to say, yeah, be bossy. I am bossy. That's my thing. I'm Beyonce. I'm bossy. That's great. Beyonce can totally say that. You know. Right. My thing with this is like, there are so many girls who are shy, who are quiet, and um, you know, who might need confidence, but not necessarily like leadership. And this whole like, right. to be a good girl, you got to be loud and proud and keep stand up and sh- tell everybody to shut up and keep up with the boys. And it's like, listen, kids, both boys and girls, mm-hmm. sometimes like might not be like bossy, if you will, but they still like our mission as adults, like encouraging kids should just be to make all the kids feel confident, yeah. not to make them loud necessarily. If they're yeah. loud, great, but yeah. not all kids are loud. You can't have a bunch being... of obnoxious, like that just creates obnoxious people. Yeah, a like, bunch of, instead of collaboration, mm-hmm. then you have like who's at the top, right? Exactly. Who's got, If you try to teach everyone to be a leader, then you will have, you'll yeah, too many uh, chefs in the kitchen. And really being a leader is about delegating tasks and, and really having people come to you 
and trust your opinion and like it, it, being bossy. Bossiness is actually one of the one of the latter things on the list of uh, of what qualities it takes to be a good leader. Right, right. Actually, and so yeah. to make it ban bossy, make it like that girl is bossy. She's going to be great, or she's just going to be the worst Taco Bell employee on the face <laughs> of the planet. Who knows? Well, and like you know, I've gone up to my students when I've observed a group of them working together, and really this isn't gendered. It happens with. I, I, I should say I haven't noticed it happens more with girls than boys, but any group of kids working together, I will often have to go up to them and, you know, tap one of the kids on the shoulder and be like, be sure to let the other kids talk. Yeah. Like, be sure to listen to them. You know what, Molly? That happened to me a couple of times. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you believe it? Somebody had to tap you? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I got into trouble a lot for over-talking, or as I like to call it, educating my peers. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It's just a difference in perspective. But what do you think? So we got like, what is it, 18 percent like female um, representation in Congress and things like this. And uh, I just read I I watched this documentary, Misrepresentation, which is by Gavin Newsom's uh, wife, the the former mayor of San Francisco. He might still be the mayor of San Francisco. He's uh, he's, I think, Uh, deputy something or other to the governor. He's out there now. He's out. But um, but uh, I just read they were just said, uh, you know, we're 90th as far as. uh, in the world as far as female representation in our political system. And uh, then they, the, the reference they made, the uh, Rwanda has over 50 percent female uh, in their government. So uh, theoretically, then it's a better it's better to be a woman in Rwanda than it is America. <laughs> but I don't know if that's so true. See, that's not really a uh, like that's not a ringing endorsement for women in government. No, it's well, never that's not the doing conclusion great. we should draw. Come no, on now. It's not doing great. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, Rwanda's not doing all that great. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, people, Arguably, the other way to look at it, then, is, well, even Rwanda has 50% of the women in government right. with even all I mean, these political I'm, problems. I'm just playing, uh, I'm playing devil's advocate, devil's advocate here. I'm telling you, like, both of the ways that that could be seen. Right, yeah. Um, but what do you, why do you think that is? Do you think it's just gender norms, or do you think, I mean, is, is it because of, uh, you know, what society tells women they could be, or do you think there's like a genetic, you know, uh, I mean, some people make that argument that like men just want right. to be leaders and girls don't want to be leaders. So men are leaders and right. most girls aren't. Yeah. Women have periods and ovaries and they make them weak. And, right. and and I actually think that I'm glad that you said that because I feel like when you follow the like logical conclusion, like, is it bio- biological? It's clearly ridiculous because it's obviously not. Uh uh, in in my opinion, I don't think anything about having like a phallus makes you like much more yeah. destined to be a leader. Well, it's good for direction, <laughs> you know, things like that. Where do I go next? Yeah, I mean, it's just north and south, really. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. But uh, I mean. I feel like the the difficulty that we have in the United States in terms of understanding why there's fewer women in positions of power, whether it be Congress, whether it be movies, whether it be CEOs, whatever. CEOs, anything, um, is that uh, like we're at this time now where because things are so much better than they used to be um, and things are like pretty close, you know, certainly women can get – any some women can get any job they want. There's mm-hmm. no job that is totally except for a lot of jobs that they've never gotten, like the president or whatever. But NBA basketball player, <laughs> that's a tough. One. <laughs> I can't even do that. So, but like because of that, uh, I feel like there's a real kind of like amnesia, if you will, to the fact that really it was only. 
you know, 30 years ago that most women were still expected to to stay home and not work, that it was only 100 right. years ago that women couldn't vote. So I feel like there's this idea that, like, now everything's pretty okay, so catch the fuck up, as if we all started at the same, as if, you know, it's kind of like a race we're running, we all started right. at the same starting line, instead of, like, men started, you know, at the beginning of time, and then women started arguably, you know, when they could vote, or when they could yeah. work. And or that's the analogy could, used for affirmative action and things like when that. When they could have sex. You know all those things. Yeah. So I feel like it's it, it's a matter of of not only is it a matter of of catching up from being excluded for a long time, but also I would say on top of that that things things are much better, but that mm. doesn't actually mean close to equal yet. Well, it doesn't go by that quick, but I definitely think uh, you know women today are laying the groundwork for much more roles in uh, in powerful positions. I mean, I, th- I think it's sixty one percent of the people graduating college are women now. Absolutely, yeah, uh, it's a, and, definitely. Uh, there's much more women graduating college than men. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, if you're a guy, go to college. Holy, this is the time to be in college. If yeah, you're what a dude. Are you, full what of yeah. chicks. What are you doing? Unbelievable. Yeah, get laid up the yin-yang. <laughs> that is a ratio I would love to have. Absolutely. God, the first college I went to, it was like three to one dudes. And uh, man, I had some awkward nights with some guys just being like, are you are you a woman? Are you a woman? <laughs> I wish you were a woman, Steve, So I love hanging out with you. And that's sad. Yeah. Oh, I know so many nerdy boys who went to colleges where there was majority women, mm-hmm. and they became very, very happy boys at those colleges. Yeah, go to Sarah Lawrence. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the place to be. Absolutely. Every guy I know that's gone to Sarah Lawrence is just so relaxed all the time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Difficult to study, though. But that's okay. That's on the man, you know? <laughs> so you think that, uh, do, you, do you think that we're going to, you think, it, so you think it's looking up and it, you're, you, you think it's more just like, okay, be a little bit patient. Let's give it a couple of years. Let's have all these, you know, all the statistics are pointing in the right direction as far as where women are going in society. Well, I actually, I actually don't because I do think, I think that we can acknowledge how much better things have gotten. Um, and of course things are getting better, but I don't think that that necessarily means like, you know, sit back and chill out and right. everything. Because because I think what we have seen um, as, like, women have made gains is that, uh, and not only women, but really anybody, like you said, with affirmative action, really, yeah. you know, think about the backlash to affirmative action. People are pissed. And and that, that happened, like, in the 90s, and people are still pissed. And so I think that what we see any time a group that used to not have power starts to get power is the people who you know, have had have had power and who are used to it are like, right. holy shit, what is happening? What in the fuck? And then they like, you know, get uh get weird and get get scared and and kind of react in a way like, well listen, you know, I think women are fine, but a woman president, what about when she has her period? Or like, yeah. you know, I think women are fine, but they're not as funny as men or whatever have you. And this is I'll like... I'll tell you one thing, man. If we had a chick president right now, Putin wouldn't be uh, taking Crimea back to Russia. <laughs> That's for damn sure. You know, you, do, you you mess up at the wrong time of the month with a female president. Your city is... All, it's bombed. You're done. The whole place is over with. See, I don't think it's necessarily people that are in power. I think it's... People that are of the same group of the people that are in power that could be right. in power one day, and then they see more competition. That, right. Uh, and so that's what pisses them off, even though those same people will never get to that level of power, but they still like the fantasy of it. That's it's actually... Like what it, uh, was yeah. it, I think it was Mark Twain that said that America is a country of temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Yes, that's so That's so right. Because, right, the people who are the scaredest of this, uh, of, of women in power or of... 
of of affirmative action or of you know gay marriage or whatever have you. It's not actually people who are in power. You're right, but it's people who may uh, ident- be able to identify with the people who are in power because they share some of the important char- characteristics like whiteness or maleness or straightness or whatever it is. Well, it's also a perceived threat. I mean, it's the same thing with the immigration argument, where it's like they're taking our jobs. It's mm-hmm. like no, we're never going to lose our jobs to an immigrant. No. Not, like this is not our going to be our concern, right? So it's like a, it's a status and a class thing, right? Where if you're like lower level and you don't have a lot, and you see somebody else get something that you theoretically could have and right. you should have, then you're just going to blame all the well, it's because of affirmative action. That's how we got into Michigan State University, and I'm just sitting over here at a community college, and you can just start making all of these excuses right. and explain away your own failures because everyone else got handouts. Yeah, yeah, and then I think on top of that, there is also potentially a level of like a personal. A front to be, you know, if your wife or girlfriend starts to, you know, do better than you on a very kind of some, not yeah. necessarily, I don't think this is a case by case thing or anything, but like that on a kind of symbolic level to watch. I mean, you can just tell that like to watch women, uh, to watch somebody like Hillary, for example, like rise to the top, all these men have to just be like, you guys know she's a woman, right? Like they're just totally yeah. like freaked out by the fact that like, I mean, it's I happening. could see them actually wondering. You know, you know she's a woman, right? Hillary? No. What are you talking about? The strongest chick in the room? The strongest person in the room? But that's part of it, too, because you have to, like, you can either be like Michelle Bachman, like, kind of, like, pretty and dumb, or Mm -hmm. if you're like Hillary and you're, you know, strong, then it's like, oh, she's barely a woman. And, like, ideally there would be a space to be a woman and, like, be like Hillary, but also not have your gender questioned you know, if you right. are in fact a woman, you know, if Hillary identifies. People make fun of John Boehner for crying constantly. True, it's true. Very feminine of yep. him to. Uh, he's 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 quite a uh, quite a tearjerker there. That's mm-hmm. true. People do make fun of John Boehner for crying, and that is a kind of a like. There's a kind of like you're a pussy undertone of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think as far as uh, media representation? Because that's what that documentary misrepresentation was all about. Um, was about how women, it's uh, like the sexualized. Uh, gal, it's it's more prominent than ever, which I don't know if that's necessarily true. I feel like there's a lot more. Um, I, I think there's a lot. Like look at like girls, you know. That show it represents a, a, a woman that's never really been represented on TV before uh, in such a way. I, I don't know if it's necessarily getting worse. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people are making. Um, it's just tough to be a model, you know. You just have to be really thin, and you have to look just like a model, right? But what do you think about that? I mean, as far as like with the airbrushing and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another thing where I, I, I do think it's important. I don't think it's the most important. I th- certainly think that, like, policies that care for uh, women and children and families are, uh, you know, going to be more immediately, like, felt and appreciated by the vast majority of people in this country. Um, it, you know, in terms of, like, gr- like, like, yes, there is girls, but on the other hand, like, th- granted, people hate girls for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. But, like, think about how many people hate hate girls and again you can hate girls for a lot of different reasons sure. as marcus knows i've never seen it because i just never wanted to weigh in on the debate but uh uh see i know, just uh, i just don't like because it it's just i don't just don't like the show yeah and that's, for no other reason yeah, other than right. i just don't think it's funny or entertaining it doesn't it's not for me right yeah. right so i mean right. that's fine like mm-hmm. i don't i'm not pissed off that it exists right or anything, right but yeah it's just not for me and there's been and a lot of women don't like the show and and I, but i think so with girls it's like you know th- we have like this is really one of the 
only shows, certainly one of the very few shows created by a woman, by a woman casting women for women. Yeah. And because of that, it had all the scrutiny, right? Which is why so many people have so many strong feelings about it. Whereas, you know, fucking Two and a Half Men, any number of 3,000 television shows that yeah. was created by a man casting man, men and for men people could take or leave because there's 3,000 other shows you can look at, right? right? And so I feel like Girls is actually a good way of seeing like, oh, this is like, this is what happens when there's so few female-driven shows is that the ones that are female-driven get all this attention. So I think, again, that Girls is certainly a sign that things are doing, things are, are getting better, uh, but... Um, but I'm, I'm a Sex in the City guy, though. I like love I, Sex in the City. You know, Sex in the City is good. Who are you? I'm a Miranda I'm a, I'm a Samantha. You're a Samantha. <laughs> I always say I'm a, I'm a Miranda because I have red hair and I love pussy. That's what I always say about that. But you're a Samantha. I can and see that. You're a little bossy too. To I'm a little bossy. Yeah, yeah, just a touch. What about me? What am I? What am I? You're like uh, you're like a character that's not making the show. <laughs> you know what? I can take that. Yeah, that's you know, there's a, there's other shows. You know, Scandal is a good uh, example of a strong yeah. female lead. Yes, and yeah, and people love yeah. Scandal too. Yeah, and, uh, Scandals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely my girlfriend's favorite show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's a great example of like not only a female lead but also a woman of color like like fucking dominating the prime time slot totally. But I, I, you know, in terms of the sexualization thing, I know that that is important, and I know that like certainly like body image and like disordered eating and all of that is like s- something that like so many. Um, young women face. Yeah. It's well, difficult. it's what, 65% they were saying have uh, eating disorders at some point in their life. Really? But, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, they never, the the silent statistics about men uh, really are, are never discussed Oh, and many men have disordered um, eating. God, yeah. I mean, I, I used to be 300, I was talking to Marcus about this. Um, I used, you know, I used to be 380 pounds and I gained weight on purpose because I thought it would make me funnier. Uh, which is mentally insane. I understand that. Um, and then, you know, suffered with some bulimia and things like that. My my middle brother, Chris, was anorexic and stuff like that. So do you think sometimes all these statistics that are thrown out there about women, like 65% have uh, eating disorders, it's almost like, what am I doing wrong if I don't have an eating disorder? Am I really a woman? I mean, does it does it play into like a, a, a narrative and a culture that women, maybe you should have one? Well, potentially, I could see that I could see where you're coming from, but I would actually say that I mean, this is, you know, purely anecdotally, but like I would actually say that in terms of like diagnosed eating disorder, if the rate is 65 percent, I would say in terms of like women who have body image issues, I would say the statistic is probably closer to like 95. Right. Like, I mean, everyone has body know, issues, right. though. Yeah. I don't think anyone is completely OK with their body at yeah. some point or another. Like, I, I think right. maybe just men just don't talk about it. But yeah, I mean, we've all got issues. With oh, our being yeah. six foot seven at the age of 14 with barely a pubic hair. That was a nightmare. That's beyond a body image. That's, that's weird. Oh, that's hell on earth. I would never put anybody through that. So you're in an interesting position where I was going to say like something about with male body image, even though there's certainly pressure on men to look a certain way, yeah. um, you know, to be thin or to be muscular. I absolutely, I think, and I think that's part of the same kind of problem of like expectations of what women should look like and what men should look like. And it doesn't have to be something where they're where it's like, no, not women, but men. But it's actually like both people are getting fucked over by these expectations. Right. Um, but I was going to say, like, just in, like the way that media representation is important, I think, is that, like, you know, think of a given group of middle schoolers and, like, can they go to, like, a Judd Apatow movie and, like, see a main character who looks vaguely like them, like somebody that they right. can imagine identifying with. For women, that's that means no, because you're going to be like a a sex object uh, woman or like maybe like 
maybe if you're lucky, a funny woman, kind yeah. of now, like in Judd Apatow movies. But but you're certainly not going to be a main character. Um, but I was going to say, even you know, if, like a, like the Seth Rogans of the world are like, you don't yeah. have to be super super hot to be a main character. Like I'm your average guy. Like yeah, you, you can just identify have to grow up in me. Hollywood with wealthy parents and uh, <laughs> you know get cast into a movie because uh, that's what you were supposed to do. Right. But you are actually in a position where you, I got Bill O'Reilly. Seeing- I have Bill O'Reilly and Brad Garrett. How the Bill, only, O'Reilly? Bill O'Reilly is about six seven, and Brad Garrett six uh, six seven and a half six eight. And uh, <laughs> I would argue I like Bill O'Reilly more than Brad Garrett. No wonder uh, you watch Fox News. I just gotta watch. I gotta support my big Irish head. <laughs> you know, gotta support it. But oh, yeah, it's, it's I see difficult. this. I see your relationship with Fox News so much differently now. You, I know you needed to find somebody you could identify. It's with. all I got. It's all I have. You know, <laughs> come on. No, I watch all sides. As a matter of fact. Um, I was watching Fox News that Saturday morning. I was watching last Saturday morning. I was watching Fox News. My roommate Leah comes out. She starts yelling at me for that. And then that night, I'm watching Misrepresentation. Marcus comes over, starts yelling at me for that. And I'm like, I'm just trying to consume information. Just leave me alone. I mean, it wasn't any problem with the thing, but you know, we'd been out drinking. There were some Marcus people coming over. Marcus did not want to hear the truth about women in media. Oh, I just kind of want to listen to some tunes. Yeah, no. And I apologize for breaking into your house and uh, just being yeah. dictating what uh, you would do with your evening. You know, they should ban Bossy. <laughs> they got a hashtag ban Bossy. Yeah. That's what I say, hey, Marcus. Marcus, hashtag ban Bossy. Get out of my fucking house. <laughs> watch your program. I'll in watch here. a feminist documentary on a Saturday night if I want to. Yeah, but this is sort of. Uh, uh, specific to what we do. Obviously, we're all in entertainment and things like that. And it's really physically based stuff. Again, too tall to be an actor. I told that story. We talked about that story where I went in an audition and uh, there was a bunch of hockey players making fun of a nerd in the tub. And for some reason, this was like my third audition here. I was like, I'm the nerd in the tub. You know, because I'm like, you know, I like horror movies. And I'm a, you know, it's like, of course, they're not casting a six foot seven nerd. That is not the nerd type. So I ended up having to take my shirt off in front of a group of producers and my body is... It looks like the scarecrow mask from Batman Begins. It's all pruny and wrinkly like I was in a dehydrator and, and whatnot. Um, and so that was like a, definitely a realization where it's like, oh, yeah, no, this body type is not going to play very well for uh-huh. the jock roles uh, in this industry. And there's a lot of people on Facebook and, uh, and Twitter and, and other places who are they, – they'll, they'll publish like what a casting – uh, what they're looking for in a casting. Mm-hmm. And they're very specific types, what they're looking for in a casting. Because if right. you're an actor, you're a pawn. And right. you're, you're, it really doesn't matter. You're a vessel that's supposed to be filled with somebody else's words. <laughs> and you just have to, like, act. So do you, think that, um, do you think that that's getting blown out of proportion a little bit? I mean, I actually think that uh, your perspective here is is important to and and kind of one of the one of my like missions with feminism is to be like this actually isn't just about women. It's about everybody and how everybody gets fucked with like yeah. with with expectations about how people are supposed to look. And in this case, you're totally getting fucked because uh, But I mean, it's fine because then you have to figure it out. You have to start doing podcasts. You have to annoy Marcus for mm-hmm. the next 4 years of your life. That's what <laughs> I did. And uh, and and go I'm trying to do like more like reality TV like hosting stuff mm. because, you know, I'm just too big to be an actor. <laughs> so you have to figure it out. And I think there's a lot of people who are just like they got to get bogged down with this idea of like I'm too ugly, I'm too something, I'm not type uh you know, I'm I'm, I'm not the type to be uh you know, the leading role character. And then mm. they just either fight and rage against this machine that is just impossible to defeat or uh, or they just get so um, or they just get too overwhelmed and they and they crumble and they and they fail or they're smart enough to go and uh, and do something that uh, that they're able to do uh, that the society sort of allows them to do. 
Well, so I hadn't thought about this particular like you're being tall as in a as a kind of part of this this argument. So I hadn't thought about this until just now. But as a as a potential response uh, that I'm not sure if I'm totally behind, but just as a way of, <laughs> of thinking about it, um, you know, if that's if, a very Midwestern thought, by yeah, the way. Don't this, get is why mad. Lo- this is why I love you. Yeah, because it's just like people from the Midwest are like, now I have an idea. I'm not sure if it's right yet, but I'm going to see if you're offended by it. And if you are, it's wrong. <laughs> Pretty much it. Well, so, uh, um, you know, I think it kind of depends on who's saying, well, we're not getting cast. And if, you know, because there are are not that many people who are 6'7". Not that you shouldn't be allowed to act and not that you shouldn't, like you know, be represented uh, for the other people who are 6'7 and taller. But uh, I I think if if it's a question of like, you know, black women saying we're never Mm. getting cast in lead roles, right? Or, or, you know, uh, big women. Native Americans, especially. Oh man, I was just thinking about this the other day when they remade The Lone Ranger and they cast Johnny Depp as Tonto. Everybody, every, the five Native American people in Hollywood are like, Tonto's coming up. You know, this is our role. There's no way they're going to give this to a white famous actor. This is our role. And then they just made up for it by painting Johnny Depp in whiteface. You know, they did that. They did it again today. What do you they mean? cast Rooney Mara as a Tiger Lily oh in uh, the new Peter Pan remake. It's... Out of all the th- like, if you just give these people right. at least if the character is the race that the minority group is, give them at least that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> please. It's yeah. so simple. It's, it's almost it's not hard. If you're Native American, I could almost see you. It's like it's like if you're a little person and you just okay. Well, it's Christmas time, so I will be the elf again. All right. Right. It's almost mildly offensive, but you're like, okay, I fit again. You fit I this sort work. of role. Yeah. I need work at the very least. That's fine. I could do that, um, which is what was so brave about um, what's the fella from uh, Game of Thrones? Uh, Peter Dinklage. You know, P- uh, Peter Dinklage refused to play any any elf role, any any little person traditional like Dumplin' role or no Willy Wonka. Nothing. No leprechauns, nothing like that. Which is a very brave thing to do. Yeah. But of course, he's very he got very lucky, and you know, at the, at the end of the day, you have to pay a, a rent check. So right, if you right. can do that by being an elf, that would be fine. But right. uh, but yeah, I mean, that must be very frustrating, I suppose. Right, but, right, and and yeah, and same with all sorts of actors who are just like I, yeah. First of all, actors who are like, really, you're casting fucking Johnny Depp in this, right. but then also like. You know, more broadly, like, uh, right, like, you know, black women who never get cast as the romantic lead uh, mm-hmm. unless it's a, you know, movie specific, like the when that Best Man Holiday came out and there was oh, like yeah. an article that was like, it's a movie about race. And everyone was like, no, it's not. It's just a romantic comedy. It just has yeah, black yeah. people in it. You know, or like if you're a, a, you know, a bigger woman or not a thin woman even who, who can't get cast. Like, I, I mean... I think that is slightly different than being like I'm a very unique looking t- six foot seven right, guy. Right. To be like I'm a woman who weighs 120 pounds and I can't get cast in anything because nobody wants to look at me because mm-hmm. they think I'm a big monster. You know, I but, think but that's a slightly they, different thing. But let me let me ask you this: Like, do you think that I mean, there is any of this blame to be put like not just on the people who cast these movies and the people who make these movies, but also on the American public? Because, Certainly. I mean, because you know, there's a reason why they don't cast right. people, and it's because. The reason why they don't is because they don't see any money in it. Right. It all what, what everything everything comes down to money. I mean, yeah. they're not doing this to keep anyone down. They're doing this because they think that casting this person will get us the most money. Well, the longest yeah. time in Hollywood, it was argued that men, women would watch stories about men in the male lead, but men would not watch uh, stories about a woman with a male lead. So, right. the, uh, so the, yeah, the market is much larger for a man with the uh, with the lead. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think right. And and that's that's something that's kind of difficult when you try to make these arguments. Like you know, you should be casting a fucking native actor as Tonto or right. not as not Johnny Depp. Uh, 
Yeah, it's not that I, I think that those criticisms shouldn't fall like squarely on the people who cast the movies, but that it's a that yeah that it's absolutely it's an American public problem that they that, you know that that people would totally be like totally weirded out if a, a maybe if the, the lead character of a movie was six seven or if well I mean I think but a, the- co-starring with a black female lead who wasn't. The hundred pounds, people would be like, "What's happening?" But you the know? opposite of being weirded out, they like look at what happened with Precious. They mm-hmm. went, they Hollywood loves to pat themselves on the back oh, when yeah. they give somebody who is like, "We haven't had an obese black chick win an Oscar ever." Let's do it this year, guys. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a terrible. It's like that. Uh, have you ever, have you ever seen Jamey? The wonder. Mm-hmm. It's a great character. Uh, it's the private high school, the private high school girl. No, you have I to see it. it yeah. Anyway, it's just such a uh, such a t- like. We're just gonna we're gonna give it we're gonna give it to a fat black girl. But that are was we, a, but we, she was we, great. She, she was deserved great. it. But you can definitely get the feeling that Hollywood does this, and she's not gonna win another one, most likely. I don't think that she didn't do any work this year. You no, know, she's that's not, not true. She was working on American she was, Horror yeah, Story. She was, she was American yeah. Horror Story. Okay. No, but I but, just feel like they pat themselves on the back and then throw it throw it throw it away, and they're like, "Well, we did that last year, so that's not this year's thing." Well, and that, yeah, tokenism is some total like that's definitely a problem, and that's totally yeah. some bullshit where they're like, "We cast one black person, high fives all around." Right. But but like I I feel like you know Twelve Years a Slave, which I actually still haven't seen, but uh you know oh that was uh, a good white white guilt face. But Molly but, made a great. Did you see the white guilt face? Oh, I, it was yeah. ideal. It's perfect. Seen it. Um, but like seen it that that but I. I, I, that that was a good movie, from what I understand. Like that's yeah. like that was a movie that deserved to like win things. You know, sure. Gabrielle Sidibe was amazing and precious. And then there, but then there was this weird opposite reaction where all these people are like, "Well, you know, Twelve Years a Slave is only winning because like." Of American white guilt, which is like, well, but also wasn't it like an amazing movie that everybody was completely blown away by? You know, I wish I would have seen it so I could actually, my, my friend Adam Wirtz, who is a, he's seen every single movie. Yeah. He said it was just out of his top 10. He said it's a great movie uh, and I respect Adam's opinion, but I, don't, I haven't seen it, so yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, there was um, a story, I mean, who knows how factual it is, but you know, there was a story uh, that, you know, that said that, it, you know, sources within the Academy said that some members of the Academy did admit to just voting for that for best picture despite having never seen it yeah and samuel mm-hmm. L. jackson Pause, i mean i'm just yeah. saying i'm just no, saying these are the things and, well, that are coming samuel well, L. jackson actually came out and was just you know was just sort of like calling him out on that and there were just, and he was just like it's not that it's not i mean ra- yeah slavery was bad we're still patting ourselves on the back for the recognition that slavery was a terrible time in american history well but then it becomes a like okay so we just have to be consistent right if we're like right. well the academy is always fucked and anyone who ever wins an academy award is like being voted on by this fucked up old white people academy then right. that's one average, so average age 65 95% white 60% men something like that right right and the scariest yeah. so, thing is those are better odds than the supreme court like that those are, <laughs> those are better, those yeah. more diverse group of people than the people making the most important decisions in our country but i feel i just feel like if we have to if, if but if then if people are like oh well, 12 years of slave was only because of white guilt and sure. then if they turn around and are like but gravity won best director and they deserved it then it's right. like okay well do you think the academy's fucked or are you just not a big fan of 12 years of slave you know yeah. like that i feel like that's i feel like cons- some consistency is is, is i agree good. and you know it doesn't if i had to choose like your people are going to be enslaved for 400 years but in the year 2014 there's gonna be a movie about your enslavement and one of your people are going to win an oscar Yes or no? You want to be? You want to be a slave? I will do that just for the opportunity. It's like no one would trade places well, uh, in in history with uh, with the group of people that were enslaved. Right. Well, and arguably, the reason that that movie was such a big deal is because even though it has been that long, uh, 
America still has a completely fucked up relationship with slavery where we're just like, that happened a little while ago. Plug my ears, sing a song, everything's fine. Yeah. And, and, and uh, well, maybe listen to that Pharrell song, Happy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be sad when you listen to that song. It's really bizarre. I listened to it the other day. I was kind of bummed out. And then, yeah, sure enough. Oh, boy, do I love Pharrell. But, but that's, yeah, I feel I like, like that's a movie that. I think was so popular because people were like, oh, man, that was fucked up slavery was, you know, and, yeah. and then that's helpful for us to move forward, I think. Hopefully we move forward. I mean, yeah. I don't I mean, hey, know. we had two slavery movies in two years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We had Django and then 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. I mean, Django was a slightly different, uh, different uh, retelling of it. Yeah. It's a different take, definitely. But I mean, I liked that. I thought that that was great. Yeah. Django was like, we're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you confronted anything? Uh, do you feel like, wh- where do you think, uh, what, what needs to be done? What, what policies would you like to see put in place? We were talking about the, uh, the military sexual, uh, obviously all, all sexual assault cases that occur in the military are now, uh, they're, you know, decided if it's actual sexual assault by a military tribunal and it's all in-house, which, you know, can lead to a... Totally uh, fucked. It's pretty messed up, Yeah. yeah. And uh, and that that didn't uh, this uh, this Kirsten Gillibrand she had a bill that said uh, you know maybe like human beings that are a little bit outside the military should decide who's getting raped in the military because right. it might be a little bit muddled because right. obviously you know judges know both parties and it's just by definition it seems like a flawed system. Yeah. Is there anything that you could uh, that you can point to that you would like to see actually happen when it comes to policy that could uh, or is it more of just like being like just like getting uh, just like just social you know. Right. Well, the, and military sexual assault is something that's like difficult. I have a very hard time like trying to understand it uh, in a broader context beyond the military because yeah. the rate of sexual assault in the military is like so disturbingly high. Well, right? they say one in ten is reported, and uh, and I, I forget the exact number, but it's a yeah, it's a big number of people. Re- the one in ten that are reporting being sexually assaulted is a large number. So if you times that by ten, right? It's it's so high, and and so on the one hand, right? Like like it's difficult to be like, well, what's happening here? Is it just that like, you know, that rapists join the military, or is it something where a lot of people in the military are like feeling really powerful and like you know, just yeah. not respectful of women's consent and they aren't like, you know, card carrying rapists, but can still, but like, w- but will still not respect a woman's consent. And, and I mean, I have, I don't know. I don't know anything about the military in terms yeah. of that, but like definitely but outside I've, of the military, like what would be something that you would like? I mean, okay. So we have the ban bossy campaign, which is not a policy campaign, but like what would be something that you would like to see people embrace that might actually lead to a uh, true, like just a nice step towards, a more rational conversation when it comes to gender. Oh, good. All right. So I definitely have an answer to this question. So uh, I teach elementary schoolers, and mm. the answer to the question is I don't know why that... Is it mm like that. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, I think that the solution, uh, that, that a lot of these problems, like we discovered tonight talking, is that... Uh, uh, Everybody gets fucked when you have certain expectations about what women should be like, what men should be like, what girls should be like, what boys should be like. And um, uh, if you will allow me to say that that all falls under a kind of big umbrella that we can call patriarchy if we get grossed up by that term. We don't have to, but it's a big thing that that like defines these expectations about how you're supposed to be as a man and I'm supposed to be as a woman. And uh, and those things start getting hammered into kids when they're really, really little. Like we all remember we were probably all bullied and outcasts as kids. A little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably it had to do with like for you guys probably uh, had to do with either not being strong enough or not being 
mm-hmm. brave enough or not being sportsy enough. I or, was too funny. Or <laughs> I'm serious. Funny. People, yeah, it's, uh, too funny. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, being too smart, uh, all mm-hmm. these things for boys and, and for girls also being too smart, not being pretty enough, being too fat, whatever. Uh, and uh, so my... Th- thing about how we change the world is by stop we stop enforcing all these things onto kids we let kids just be kids and we don't uh, expect little girls to be a certain way right uh we don't tell them oh little girls are princesses you have to be pretty boys like this or whatever and we don't tell boys you have to be strong don't cry uh you know be a man you have to play sports you have to be a certain way we don't tell them any of that we just let the kids be kids and we let them do what they want um and what they feel good about what makes them feel good um and then similarly we but teach- I mean, what if making what, what, what if like what makes them feel good is like just like sitting in a pile of their own urine and like picking their nose in the corner, <laughs> like something like that. You know, like I mean, because there also still has to be like well, you know, guidance. rules there, and there structure has to be and guidance, guidance. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. of some kind. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't mean stop watching them, but <laughs> <laughs> like Lord of the Flies style. Right. Molly no, has I an think... interesting teaching technique. She's just letting all the kids kill each other right now. <laughs> Throw them in a room, let God sort it out. <laughs> I mean, allow you know, show them very, an array of things that they could care about, be interested in, and right. let them do what. Whatever. And if the boy wants to dance, then let the boy dance. If the girl wants to, you know, wrestle, let the girl wrestle. But right. then also in terms of like, you know, sexual assault and consent, I mean, obviously that's a huge issue. But like we should be telling like little kids like, hey, when somebody says no, like that's really important. Like we yeah. teach boys uh, and girls how to like listen, how to respect when people uh, say yes or no. Uh, like that that you know teach we we do like good touch bad touch but that's so black and white i feel like really educating kids how, about how like how much do you do the bad touch well, you can't. You, do you teach, show these things. Can you do good touch, bad touch? You do like, swimsuit area. Yeah, didn't you guys? Like oh, swimsuit I, but you don't area? have them touching yeah. these areas. No, but you teach them. <laughs> like, I think that's just that's sexual assault in itself. <laughs> yeah. No, but you teach the kids. Somebody touches a swimsuit area, bad. But right, like at right. the same time, we should be teaching kids like, hey, if you just like grabbed a girl by the arm and like did something and she said, hey, stop that. Like you should listen to that, right? Like even if you're not touching her in your swimsuit area. Right, so right. I feel like, I, 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 and obviously that's that's only a part of things, but I think a lot of it has to do with like taking the pressure off of kids in terms of being boys or girls, uh, you know, and what they're supposed to do. And then also just teaching kids to like, res- and that also like equals the playing field so that boys aren't like, girls, how could I possibly interact with them? I better right. throw shit at them. You know, well, to that's just one way like, to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how a lot of kids do it. And instead of you're just like, you're all kids, you can all hang out. Then the boys don't have to be like, I better pull out her pigtails or throw shit or whatever it I is. I mean, the future you know? of throwing things is just buying them a necklace. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how that evolves. Yeah. I mean, do you think there's some, uh, I feel like with gender, I mean, you know, I have the two gay older brothers and I have been around, I pretty much just grew up with John Waters and RuPaul and all these things. So it's always been sort of a shade of gray for me. Um, and I think for a lot of people, I think a lot of folks that were like, Wondering how to act around the opposite sex. Now that gender norms are completely gone. My uncle, for example, I was talking to my grandmother today. He uh, uh, He's married and he's got two kids and he's a stay-at-home father. My grandmother cannot understand it. Just no no idea. His wife, uh, she's great. She's actually, you would, you would totally hate her. Uh, all she does is defend uh, companies against the uh, environmental agencies and stuff. Um, but she's a lawyer. Anyway, she's very busy because I you can imagine. Hate her. No, no, she's not to be hated. Uh, she is not. But, you know, her job, uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, is, is, is what it is. Um, but she's very good at it. And uh, so he, she just can't understand how my father or my uncle is a, is a stay at home father mm-hmm. taking care of these kids while, uh, while, the, uh, while the wife is out uh, working and making a bunch of money. Like she's yeah. making bank cash. Sounds like. And I think that he also went through a major depression because he's like, what am I? Where is my existence? How do I, I mean, he's feeling like a 1940s housewife now. Right. You know, and he can't get out of the home and he's just, you know, but I mean, probably even more intense when you're a man. And when it right. comes down to, like, sexuality, like, a dude needs to sort of feel validated and, and like a man mm-hmm. in order to have that whole situation go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there is some confusion with what what is normal now. Well, but however old your uncle is, if he's in his 50s. Oh, he's in his 40s, 40, 45, 46. So that's, that's the, the reason he feels weird is because he has 45 years of, like, everything around him telling him, like, men don't stay home and raise You children, don't think there's right? anything internal there? Because as a man, I mean, I would always like to go, I mean, I would like my uh, my wife, to, future wife, to go out and be busy, too. But, I mean, I just couldn't stay at home with the kids all the time. Well, that's personal, right? You might want to, he might want to work. If he wants to work, then that's yeah. one thing. Like, if he doesn't feel fulfilled because he's not, because he needs to to you know have a job that makes him feel happy a lot of people you know need that which right. is why women you know back in the 70s were like hey we want to work too but but uh but if he's so if he's feeling depressed because he's not like doing something else that fulfills him then that's one thing but if he's feeling depressed or, or weird because he's a man at home with the kids that's right. societal i think there's yeah. nothing i mean i don't have any kids but i assume if you i mean in terms of like biology i feel like you you spring forth the children and then like you want to care for them and if you yeah like if you don't want to care for them it, it's probably tied up in like some pressure about not being a stay-at-home dad you know yeah that's exactly what my, my grandmother did not want to care for her children <laughs> <laughs> she was a little bit more of a praying mantis type <laughs> but that's fine would you stay home with the kids for a little while or would you make the man do it uh, I would probably have a switcheroo switch off situation. You're calling switcheroo switch off because I don't want to not. I don't want to do nothing but watch. But watch kids. Some people do. Some people are like, I'm gonna yeah, be a full time mom or full time dad. But no, I would probably want to do other things. Um, but. Uh, also, I you know I'd want to hang out with the kids probably. I mean, kids are a good time. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like? I mean, there's much more uh, as far as. Uh, as far as genders go, there's much more women in the teaching and uh, and things like that with children. I know when I was working at the YMCA, I would go every uh, uh, during college. I would go in the summers and I'd take care of kids. And I was always uh, always assigned to the, the fattest of all the boys. <laughs> His name was Matt, and him and I walked at about the same pace because we were just taking it easy. I mean, this boy had to be about 140 pounds, and I'm telling you, he was seven. Wow. He was so big, uh, but he was funny. He was a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was the only one. I, I was the only guy I can remember that was working there. Yeah. So yeah, it seems that's, like you know, in, in, in the child care where, where, you know, women make up like, what, 4% of C, uh, CEOs and things like this. But when it comes to like child care. And, and teaching they, so and many teaching. teachers, right. Yeah, And, I and think you that, would argue that this is a societal thing or a uh, or like a gender genetic thing. I mean, I'm just I just don't put a lot of stock at all in the in the nature thing. I yeah. mean, I, I like again, I've never like brought forth life with my ovaries or whatever and maybe then i would feel like oh my yeah. biology but like, that's disgusting to even think about <laughs> well me, like, when you put it like that brought <laughs> forth life with my <laughs> ovaries my internal organs have produced life i'm just like, so happy i didn't come from those Ugh, yeah <laughs> i was like, an egg birth yeah i was an egg birth oh like a platypus yeah yeah my mother's <laughs> a platypus it's pretty great a huge platypus. Yeah, it was the biggest, most beautiful <laughs> platypus, though. I'll never talk pa- bad about my mama platypus. 
I mean, I'm sure you can find uh, plenty of women um, who also believe in gender equality who are like, there's something about women where they can nurture better. Mm -hmm. I happen to be, my relationship with being a woman is like people told me when I was a kid that I was a girl. I feel like I am a woman. All right. But there's nothing about me where I'm like, it's in my genes in my yeah. biology where I have to care for the children. I just like right. being around kids and I and and I know so I mean many of my favorite coworkers are men and so it's I, I, I it's certainly there are more women in those fields. It might be due to some sort of like, you know, ovary love or whatever, but I right. feel like the more likely explanation is that women are told from the time they can hold the doll hold the doll yeah. and take care of little ones, you know. Well, I got the, my grandmother gave me those American Girl dolls when I was growing oh, up. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, they were, they were all right. They're expensive. Yeah, that's why I had to play with them in front of her. <laughs> They're also really racist. The only black oh, are one they? was a oh, slave. Oh, was a slave, yeah. yeah. That's oh. right. Well, I guess that's not racist. I mean, I suppose it was accurate, I guess. Uh, it's, it's true American Girl dolls. Yeah. Old school, right. I guess, Representative I of racist America, yeah. the only black doll was a slave. It seems like going way, way back into this conversation, Talking more about feminists, obviously the gal that runs Facebook. You're not, you're not, you don't uh, subscribe to her brand of feminism. And it seems like, mm-hmm. uh, how many are there? Like who's? Like it, it, I feel like everyone's claiming like 100% stake on 100% of women, and women are a very diverse group of individual thinkers. And uh, it seems like that would just drive me insane. One nice thing about being a guy, um, we are represented. For the most part, every different sort of Everything. male philosophy yeah. is represented. Right. So nobody would see, nobody would hear you on Top Hat and be like, we're not all like Ben Kissel. Right. That's exactly. just a given. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whereas- Some are dumb. Some people are not so clever. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And whereas, you know, sometimes women may need to feel, you know, young women in their 20s in Brooklyn may need, feel the need to be like, we're not all like Lena Dunham. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and feminists feel the need to be like, we're not all like Sheryl Sandberg. That's partially because of Sheryl Sandberg, because I do think that she's like, I'm starting a movement. And I think that she is being like, I am like part of a bigger thing than me. Yeah. But but also part, I get frustrated when people's reactions to her, like when... When, when you get blamed for her opinion. Right. When men yeah. are like, see, this feminist is a cunt. All feminists must be cunts, right? Right, right. As opposed to like, that's one woman. There are millions of us. There's billions of us. But in the United States, there's millions of us. There are women of Mm -hmm. all different backgrounds and races and religions and beliefs and and political orientations. And and within all those, there are feminists. So just having this like one corporate lady be... The new face of feminism. Yeah, I, mean, that I must be upsetting. hate it. I mean, and, and that's what minority people uh, have to deal with all the time. Kevin, like oh, Kevin yeah. and I, Kevin and I have had some really great conversations about Al Sharpton, and we both agree that the man's a total tyrant. And Kevin, you know, he just hates the fact Kevin Barnett from the Roundtable. Yes, uh, and of course from the new show that's going to be on True TV. Uh, people are friends. Friends of the people. Friends of the people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and for the longest time, Al monopolized the voice for the black community. And there's a lot of people in the black community who's like not. My voice whatsoever, but because of that, they've been, you know, pr- people project Al Sharpton's opinions and political views on just random people who might be conservative or might right. be Mormon or like whatever it might be. Right. I mean, this, how do you, what's a way to like sort of overcome that and get your opinion out there and just sort of allow people to realize like, this is my opinion. 
My friend might have a totally different opinion. I am right. one woman with these thoughts. If you agree with me, follow me. Unfort- I feel like this, unfortunately, is actually, like Marcus was saying before about casting, that it's actually not on the casting directors as much as it's on, like, the people who are watching the movies. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like this is a situation, like, yeah, partially it's on Al Sharpton to be like, by the way, I'm just Al Sharpton. I don't speak for every black person. But it's also on, like... All the white people who are like, see, Al Sharpton said that, like, right. black kids should pull up their pants. And then a lot of black people are like, that has nothing to do with why we're being fucking shot by the police. Like, right. and, and and so unfortunately, I think that that actually has to do that's a that's a big and difficult and complicated project that has to do with, like, unpacking people's beliefs. Uh, and also their willingness to be like to go back to tokenism, to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I know black. I know what black people think i've seen al sharpton you know people yeah. have to unpack that and be like no that's actually just one fucking dude i heard you know but what about like a lady like you have like a sarah palin and she was just so like she would everyone you could say whatever you wanted to say about sarah palin if you were a liberal and everyone's just like okay you can say that because right. she's a republican right. there's not one female led blog it's slate huffpo um jezebel there there's not one sort of like more right-leaning blog or anything like that do you feel like that's sort of hurting the entire cause because it's sort of i mean this is the whole problem with the uh, democratic party right now i mean it's not a problem right now they're they're doing just fine and i think they will be doing fine for a little while but uh white guys fled and at some point um uh the republican party is i don't know if the democratic party is ever going to have to go and get those white guys back but I think it would be in their best interest at some point probably too because I think uh, a lot of the like Hispanic votes that they can rely on now, um, Hispanics are extremely conservative in reality. They're very Catholic and I think they will start shifting to the Republicans once they get like a rational immigration policy that isn't about offense or shooting them in the head. Um, do you feel like you need to diversify what feminism is a little bit or just risk, risk alienating half of the country and then continue to have this blowback uh, when, when, when you have a ban bossy campaign? Right. Well, I, you know, Sarah Palin just has nothing to categorically nothing to do with feminism. She's just yeah. like a she is a woman and she doesn't deserve to be called like, a, you know, any sort of names any more than Hillary does. Like, no question. I don't think that liberals should call Sarah Palin sexist things. I think that's hypocritical. Um, but. Uh, she has nothing to do with anything that's in the best interest of of women, in my opinion. I think so. You don't that, think that the fact that she was the VP, you know, you don't put her on on uh, the level of like a Geraldine Ferraro, like you know, no, she's, no, she's a VP on a major ticket. You know, I mean, the major ticket, really. Yeah, but I mean, I happen to think that if that she's on the VP on a, uh, the major ticket of a party that is trying to like literally control women's bodies. Yeah. It has nothing to do with uh Well it was with, a very cynical choice. Right. Like right. The, the the whole process of choosing Sarah Palin was extremely cynical. Right. Well, I mean they just had to counteract the fact that McCain was super old, Obama was super young, and that was just playing playing with that. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean the optics of it, like, oh well, let's choose this, you know, old yeah, old white guy versus young, cool black president or black guy, uh yeah. black candidate. Um yeah, I, had se- I had a sex dream about Sarah Palin last night. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I have them every once in a while. That's it's weird. <laughs> Sarah Palin. She had that porno, Nailin Palin. There was no uh, Nailin Geraldine Ferraro. <laughs> I don't remember. Of course, it doesn't rhyme so well, so that probably hurts it. So do you think that a woman like that actually hurts the cause, or do you respect her for what she does? I mean, I actually think Sarah Palin right now in, in the country has a great role. She's just a talking head on Fox, and that's exactly where she should be, and uh, she can be mildly comical at times. I think, you know, I mean, she's got to do what she's got to do. I don't think that she she shouldn't. I mean, 
I, the whole thing was just like, wait, what? And same with Michelle Bachman. I mean, the 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 way the only way that it hurts is when people look at at them and they're like, see, women are fucking stupid because that's just not true. But right. you know, in, in terms of them being people, I, I mean, I don't think that they should have like stepped down because they were like, you know what, I'm a fucking idiot and I shouldn't be uh, part right. of this ticket. But uh, I mean, that's the American dream to be a total moron. <laughs> On a presidential ticket. I mean, look at Dan Quayle, for Christ's sake. You know, I mean, think about, like, when Alan Keyes was the black candidate, right? Right, right, Everyone was like, oh, man. Oh, (laughs) this this looks terrible. He didn't hurt the Or Herman Cain, even, yeah. Right, and he didn't, I mean, Alan Keyes or uh, Herman Cain isn't ultimately, like, whoever is like, oh, well, this proves that there should never be a black president is just a racist, right? And so I feel like anyone who looks at Sarah Palin and is like, well, obviously a woman can't ever be president is just a sexist who's using that to reaffirm their already sexist beliefs. But do you have any respect for someone like Sarah Palin going against the brand? I mean, going against what the majority of women uh, believe as far as uh, their voting rights or like Herman Cain? Those women, women like Sarah Palin who champion uh, policies that hurt women are worshipped by men. Men, anti feminist men anti-feminist men who want to control women for example let's say for example pro-life men uh who want to who don't want women to be able to have access to contraception or birth control they love them a woman who will say that shit because women will say you don't know you're a man you can't tell us what to do with our bodies and then they'll find a woman who's like i hate abortion and i hate contraception and then the men will be like see i'm not sexist this woman is saying it and then everyone cheers yeah, sure. So it sort of validates the views of people who are being negative or have negative uh, points of view against women. I think. Right. It's all like kind of an offshoot of the uh, some of my best friends are black. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah, some of my best anti-abortion advocates are women. Yeah. <laughs> it is too bad. I agree. I agree. It would, it would be nice to have an irrational abortion conversation in this country as well. Because I'm, I'm very, uh, very pro-choice, although I am against um, partial birth abortion. I'm sort of against abortion in the third trimester because I think you got to make your mind up. You got six months. You got to figure that out. <laughs> Those but only happen though when very, like, something rare. fucked happens. You know, There's like some, when yeah, the woman's life is in jeopardy. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I I think that all this uh, sort of polarization really does it, it sucks because um, there's no middle ground whatsoever to be found because people get all upset and you get very rational conversations and actually come up with true, uh, meaningful policies that could uh, sort of strike a nice middle ground that could re- make the world a better place. Absolutely, and that's what it's all about, Molly. I know. We have to have you back because we have to talk about charter schools next. Oh, I know. You guys are making the world a better place. (laughs) Thank you, Molly Neffel. All right. Well, listen to Molly. She's got a show, Radio Dispatch, that she does with John Neffel. You still Mm -hmm. do that with John, right? Mm -hmm. I love John. How's he doing? He's good. That's great. And And our show is every day. Every day. At what time? Is it a live streaming show? Uh, It live streams at noon, but it's a podcast. You can get it uh, on your RSS feed or whatever, theradiodispatch.com. Radiodispatch.com. And then, of course, page seven with Jackie Zabrowski and Marcus Parks. That's right. We talk celebrity news. I love that you do that show, by the way. It's so against type for you. It's totally different. I need to see a camera just on your face while you're talking about Pharrell. Oh, you mean like the look of joy on her face when she's talking? Oh, yeah, that's true. Don't let her tell you any different. She loves it. Oh, I love it. That's a good point. All right, that's Marcus Parks. He's on Twitter at Marcus Parks. I'm on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And what's your Twitter? Molly Neffel. We're very creative with our Twitters. Yes, we are. That's great. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, 
and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.